Coming up on today's Locked On Senators. After missing much of last season due to a shoulder injury, can the Ottawa Senators expect a bounce-back performance from Josh Norris? And we continue our organizational value rankings. We're in the top 10 now. Norris is one of the three players we'll be profiling today. Not going to spoil the rest. Stay tuned for that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 872 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Lovatan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. A reminder that you can like and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. We are also free and available on YouTube. You can follow the show on social media at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. Today is Tuesday, September 12th, and Pilsy, we are still awaiting a rookie tournament roster, but the Kitchener Rangers have put out that six prospects are heading to rookie camps in the NHL, and yeah, four of them are coming to Ottawa. Uh, this is tough for me, Ross, as a Guelph Storm fan. The last thing I want to do is be cheering for the Kitchener Rangers. They've been the bad guys my whole life, but you know what? The Kitchener Sens, that's got a nice ring to it. I can I can get behind that. Our guy, Sean Ferfaro, mentioning yep. the four players coming to Ottawa. Of course, we know Tomas Shamara. We know Matthew Andonovsky. The other two coming in, and excuse my pronunciation if I don't get this right, Simon Motto is a defenseman, a right-shot defenseman, six-foot-tall, 20 years old, and Mitchell Martin, I think I nailed that pronunciation, Sudbury native, also 20 years old, left winger, who's been pretty clutch in the playoffs the last two years, 19 games, 19 points for the 20 year old. So we'll get Sean on again after rookie camp. See if these guys get some invitations to main camp, but it is coming. So in the next couple days unlocked on senators, we'll be able to break down the rookie tournament roster. We'll be able to tell you some specific players to watch for as the rookie tournament starts this Friday in Buffalo. But Pilsy, the big questions around the Ottawa senators is who's going to step up to get this team into the playoffs. We've already discussed at length, the acquisitions, and we're going to get to one of them in today's organizational value ranking, but potentially there's no bigger addition than off the injured reserve with Josh Norris. What can fans expect from him after missing all but eight games? And well, two of them, one of them, he got re-injured the other one. He left early. So really six full games of last year. Well, the thing is, I don't think any Sens fan has ever doubted Josh Norris's talent. Right? Like, no one's sitting here being like, ah, he's washed up. Ah, he's not worth it. That's ah, a bad contract. Uh, uh, no potential there. Nothing like that. I think every Sens fan, after what we've seen him do in more healthy seasons than he's had in the past, there's a lot of confidence there. And especially him as a number two center. I think that's a great spot for him, and I think it really it puts this roster in the proper structure that it needs to be that we didn't get to see last year. The only concern with Josh Norris and it's a big one, is his injury concerns. And more specifically, when you have a center 
that has shoulder issues. That's when it comes to play big time. No one knows that better than fans of the Ottawa Senators, unfortunately. So where do you draw the line between, you know, hope and and cautious optimism here with Josh Norris? Like, are you protecting him if you're the coaching staff? Or is it a situation where, just like Shane Pinto, at some point you just got to go test it and hope it's all right. And for Shane Pinto took 900 faceoffs this year, played all 82 games after having a similar shoulder issue last year. Is it just kind of, you know, let him go and, and hope, or are you going to try to, you know, keep him outside, maybe play him with Giroux. So Giroux can take faceoffs for him. Are you going to try to play the game within the game to avoid similar situations? Well, I'm going to preface this with my famous quote, Brandon Piller, not a doctor. I, this is not medical advice. I am not an expert. I'm just going off my my gut and my instincts. And yeah, I, I would say, Ross, you do need to play the game within the game a little bit. Like I, I've said from the start, the reason I don't want the top line to be Brady, Timmy, and Claude is because I want a guy that can take face-offs effectively for Josh Norris. Now, does that mean I'm saying 100% of the face-offs will go to Claude Giroux if he's on his line? No, I think Josh Norris can take face-offs, but I don't think he should be relied upon to be taking all the face-offs possible when he's out on the ice. I think having that second line of Claude Giroux on the left, Josh Norris in the middle and Drake Batheson on the right would be a really great second line. And you can have Claude Giroux taking majority, if like pretty much, honestly, most of the face-offs I want Claude Giroux taking on that line. And again, it's not because I don't believe in Josh Norris's face-off ability. It's just where has Josh Norris repeatedly injured himself? It's it's with the face-offs. And that's just unfortunate because you're putting so much kind of torque and pressure on your shoulder in a quick instant. I think that's where it happens again. Not a doctor, not sure, but that makes sense to me. So I think you want to have a guy that can help him out in that fact. And then hopefully you can have Josh Norris do what he does best. And that's rip the puck. He's got an amazing shot and hopefully his shoulder is kind of not utilized too much in the faceoffs, and he can have more of a focus on being that elite goal scorer. We've seen him do in the past. I'm of the mind that you just let him go. And he's a le- he's a left shot. Just let him do his thing. And if you want to have G- Giroux take the right side face-offs, sure, that's fine. But Josh Norris is one of the better face-off guys on the team. Yeah. 58% last year, albeit in a small sample size, but even in his entire career from age 20 to 23, the years where most young centermen struggle, 52% in the dot. I don't want to, you know. I don't want to clip his wings, right? I don't want to I don't want to limit his ability that I believe he can be a really good face-off centerman, a matchup type centerman in the league, especially when you look at the top 6. Yeah, Timmy eventually you want him to be up against the best and, and be able to play best on best, but at this time, he's your offensive dynamo. You kind of want a bit of yin and yang where you've got a bit more of a defensive-minded centerman as your second guy and I want Josh Norris to kind of mirror the ability of, of Tim Stutzla. So I'm of the mind that you just, you know, you shoo him on his way and you say, go do your thing out there. I don't want him thinking about it on the ice either, right? Like if he's a centerman, his natural instinct is to go and take the draw. Whereas if he has to kind of do a double look and, oh, geez, going to take this one for me again, it's all right. You know, I'll line up at wing. I just want him to just focus on playing and just let the skill take care of itself. Cause we've seen the skill. He's probably, the best natural athlete on the team. Maybe Jacob Chicken would have something to say about that now coming in. But like, I feel like he's the kind of guy where you, you just kind of have to let these athletes do their thing. In all 
seriousness, he should probably have the strongest shoulder on the team. He hasn't, he hasn't played in a year. He's got it surgically repaired. So hopefully it's... Ross Levitan, not a doctor either. Just want yeah. to preface that also. <laughs> not a doctor. Um, please help if you are. But no, seriously, if you are a doctor or or have any experience with, with surgery and shoulders at this age, because I think the older you are, the longer it takes you to recover. 23-year-old athlete, I know he's had it surgically repaired before, and uh, and it's a different injury same shoulder type thing to when he was back at Michigan and, and missed the rest of the season after an injury at the world juniors. But it is an important part of the season having Josh Norris figured out because yep. this team cannot afford an injury, especially, I mean, knock on wood, but like Shane Pinto's not signed Josh Norris. Like you have no backup plan. Even if, if he's out, you're going to have Ridley Gregg as your second line center. Again, there's no excuses for this season. And Josh Norris is a huge part of it. We were asked yesterday on Twitter because we put out, you know, the fact that Shane Pinto being in the lineup, the Senators win win 52% of the game without him, 39% since COVID. Whereas we got an answer. It was our guy Caleb mentioned. He's like, hey, what's what's the record with all three of those guys in the lineup? Norris, Stutzla, and Pinto. And the answer is they're 16-8-1 in 25 games. And not only that, but the production, when all three of them are in the same lineup, is so spread out. It's beautiful. Now, albeit some of this is when Timmy was 19 years old because that's when they played 12 of the 25 games. Pinto missed much of last year. Norris missed much of this past season. That was not English. Missed much of this past season. So take these numbers with a grain of salt. But Tim Stutzla, 17 points in those 25 games. Norris, 15 points. Pinto, 14 points. So they can have a three-headed monster up the middle, but for that to happen... They all have to have contracts and they all have to have good health. And that's the big if that's that's kind of clouding the center depth of the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, and I mean, if you're looking at goal support, like the reason I was so comfortable letting Alex Dabrinkit walk, like that's why I had the position. If he doesn't want to be here, let him leave. Most of the time, you wouldn't be that nonchalant about a 40, supposed to be 40 goal score in their prime. But also, you've got Tarasenko and Kubali to replace that, but I really think having the comfort of knowing Josh Norris can achieve 30 goals is a reason that, hey, if Alex Dabrinkit, it's not going to work here, doesn't matter. That goal replacement can be replaced and by a centerman nonetheless. And then you bring in two new wingers to also help supplement that. So I think as, as long as things go according to plan and we don't have any major injuries like we've had to deal with recently as fans of this team, this season is shaping up to, to live up to the hype that I think all Sens fans are a little more quietly hyping up the season this year than last year. Cautiously, optimistically hyping this season up. I feel like last year it was banging the drum, letting everyone know we were playing the NCAA band music, the entrance, (laughs) you know, the marching music. But this year we're basically taking on every other fan base who's just coming and cutting us down at the knees. And we're just more so saying, Hey, you wait and see, you wait and see. But internally everyone knows there's no excuses. The Ottawa senders need to be a playoff game. Well, one of the three people who are about to get to in our organizational value rankings believed in the Ottawa Senators enough that he wants to hitch his wagon here for a one-year deal because he thinks that being around the players that are here are going to get him paid and an opportunity to win. Who's that? We'll get to our organizational value rankings next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. 
Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Guys, it's the trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're very happy to have them with us. And it's also North America's number one sportsbook. That's why FanDuel is the best. Go check out their app today. It's safe, simple, secure, easy to use. It's the only app I use for us with football season here. I was dialed into that Monday night game, an absolutely wild finish uh, that no one could expect. And it's even more exciting if you got a little skin in the game, put a a couple shekels in there responsibly, and you can enjoy football. Even if you're not a football fan, hockey season is coming up. Get your futures in. That's key here. Basketball is coming up. Baseball season is uh, the playoffs are right around the corner. So it's the ultimate time to get in to FanDuel. And you can do that by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on. And you can start o- earning bonus bucks with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Today's episode is also brought to you by our good friends at Shawarma Palace. You know Shawarma Palace. It's been the place to go when you want Shawarma in Ottawa since 1997. And it's been so successful that they've expanded. There's seven locations. You can go check out Shawarma Palace at Sailor Ross Shopping Center at Carleton University Campus. There's one on Rideau Street by um, by Chapel. There's also one on Bank Street at Hunt Club. There's also Bank Street right by Gladstone and Baseball Town. There's one on Woodruff. You can always count on being nearby a Shawarma Palace. And when you get there, well, you're in for a treat because you can either get the, the sandwich, you can get chicken, beef, falafel, you name it, they got it. And you can get the platter, which, I mean, hope you bring your your friend, your family, your significant other, because there is enough portion for fuel fulfillment for the whole family. So make sure you go check it out. The hummus is delicious. They got the fresh pita bread as well. Everything is fresh and tasty at Shawarma Palace. I'm already itching for the home opener to get to Ottawa. You know my first stop is right over at Shawarma Palace. So go eat like a royal. Go eat at Shawarma Palace. All right, Pilsy. Locked on Senators. September 12th. Hockey is coming to Ottawa very soon. Very soon. The preseason right around the corner. We are exactly one week away from the charity golf tournament that unofficially kicks off the Senator season. Of course, that's after the jerseys fly around on the ice in Buffalo. But those are the rookies. The big dogs are all skating at the CTC ready for another season. And this one? There's no excuses. And a big part of that is going to be who kicks off our organizational value rankings. All right, coming in at number nine on our 2023 organizational value rankings. It's our fourth year doing it. It's this guy's first year on the list. He's a hired gun. It's Vladimir Tarasenko. Yep, Vladimir Tarasenko coming to Ottawa. He had multiple other options. He took a look at the landscape and said, hey, I can be put in a real good position here with Ottawa, not only to obviously make decent money, $5 million deal, not too shabby, but be put with players that can help him succeed. The culture of this team, I think, is what he was looking for. I anticipate he is going to be on that top line with uh, Timmy and Brady. I mean, there's not much better landing spots you can find if you want to put up big numbers. And then, hey, he can have success here. And maybe he likes it, he sticks around, or he uses this as a platform to try to get another big contract in free agency next year. But either way, this is the type of player that the Ottawa Senators needed to be able to attract to try to take those next steps. And they got him. 
if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Well, that's actually the New York slogan. Where (laughs) Where he's coming from. After a brief stint at MSG with the Rangers, Vladimir Tarasenko played a combined 69 games last year between the St. Louis Blues and New York Rangers, scored 18 goals, 32 assists, 50 points, only eight penalty minutes, and had a minus 14 rating. The six foot one right winger, left shot, classic Russian playing his offside, is affectionately known as Tank. And why, you may ask? Well, maybe it's because he's 228 pounds. Pretty tough to move off the puck at that size. 31 years old, will turn 32 during the season. And Pilsy, we've talked a lot about Shane Pinto recently on Locked On Senators. Vladimir Tarasenko has two less career playoff games than Shane Pinto has regular season games. And in those 97 playoff games, Tarasenko scored 44 goals, has 64 points, and co-led the 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues in goals with 11 in 26 games during that run. So he brings pedigree, he brings an elite shot, and he brings a level of, hey, I believe in this core. You're all young. I'm going to come in here. And yeah, Debrinket was more, you know, 24 years old. You hoped, if you're a Sens fan, that he was going to be a part of the core of this team going forward. Whereas Tarasenko is the type of addition that a team who already has a core and just needs another addition to take them over the top. This is the type of addition that Tarasenko brings to Ottawa. Whether yeah. he's here for one year or an extension, I'm 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 happy if he if he does well here one year and then wants to go play somewhere else. But I need one year of consistency from Tarasenko. Yeah, I think honestly, the hired gun label is the perfect way to describe Tarasenko. Like it's a one year deal, decent dollars, and let's see how it goes. And I think the thing too, Ross, is you're looking at a guy that has a bunch of NHL experience. He's been on a couple teams now and he, he has a sense of what he's looking for. Whereas Alex DeBrinkett, he had only played on the Blackhawks and then he got traded here. He didn't choose to come here. So he made the most uh, of the situation. And I think it was pretty clear that he wasn't really interested in sticking around long-term. Whereas Vladimir Tarasenko, it's, it's clear one year deal. Let's, let's see what we can do. Rack up the points. Let's, let's win some games. Let's have some playoff success. You can be a veteran guy in this young core. You can help be a part of this culture. That's going to grow and grow hopefully into something successful and we'll go from there. So I really like the Vladimir Tarasenko signing. I think before I was more interested in Tatar just because I didn't think Tarasenko would, would really be interested in coming here. But I think the free agent landscape is different than people thought it would be. I mean, just ask Thomas Tatar, who is still without a contract right now. So I think it ended up working out good for mutually for Tarasenko in the sense. It's a, a down year for Tarasenko last year. There, With injuries involved, though. There's no way around it, though. It was a down year. He still would have been sixth on the Sens in points by a fair margin. Then you look at it, and his last full season played 75 games in St. Louis in 21-22 and had 82 points. 34 goals. He's a five-time 30 goal, six-time 30 goal scorer, and he even hit 40 at his peak back in 2015-16. I'm not expecting those numbers. I think anything over 25 goals should be considered a successful season for Vladimir Tarasenko. Is there a number you're willing to put on it, whether it's goals or points that you want to see out of him? I'm looking for goals from Vladimir Tarasenko. The points are going to come. This this team has enough guys that can put up points. They need to replace Alex Dabrinkit's goals. And I really think, honestly, and I'm not, I'm not just doing this to, to joke around, but 
27 and a half goals is is kind of where I got Tarasenko because I, I think that's very possible on a line with Brady and Timmy. The power play is going to be absolutely elite. Uh, I, I just think as long as health isn't an issue, he should be able to put up 30 goals, if not at least 25 and more. And I think to Ross last year, if I'm not mistaken, one of his injuries was blocking a shot. It hit his hand and then maybe he had a minor shoulder injury. So I don't think these are lingering things that we really need to be too concerned about in the short term. Do we like this as a projection for Tarasenko? 27 goals, 39 assists, 66 points, 45 penalty minutes, and better than minus 31. That would be the line of a dog. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, better, better than a cat on that one. But that's that's the thing. Like, sure, those are good numbers, but like, I think Tarasenko's going to bring a lot more than Alex Dabrinkit brought, and I don't think Tarasenko is going to be too concerned about where <laughs> playing behind Brady Kachuk will be on a line with him. Yeah, exactly. It'd be <laughs> nice if you could play both wings, but we know that Tarasenko likes playing the right wing, and I think the Senators are trying to accommodate that. DJ Smith mentioning to Bruce Garriock earlier this uh, this month saying that Drake Batherson, Claude Giroux have already both offered up to play he, left wing. Just team guys, Pilsy. Just team guys. Tarasenko's playing on the right side like that. <laughs> He's playing on the right side, and he's not playing on the third line. I'll, I'll tell you that for free. He's playing top two right winger, and he's going to be on the top power play. Well, with, with the power play, it's interesting. I'd recommend everyone go take a listen to our interview with uh, with Jamie Rivers a little while ago. He mentioned that Tarasenko typically sets up in that Josh Norris, that Jacob Chikrin position from last year on the, the one-timer side, but he doesn't often take one-timers. Yep. He's more of a catch-and-shoot and to me, that almost works out better that he should be in the bumper spot. We're going to get to yeah. Drake Batherson, but Batherson played so well in that bumper spot on the first unit. But on the second unit, they haven't really had a guy. So I'm not saying that he has to be on the second unit. I don't want him to pull the Heatley. My role's been diminished. But again, hired gun, he'll play where he's told. I really think that that middle of the ice, have him kind of be a floater and get those quick release, because that's his number one attribute, those quick release wristers. Yep. And let's say that the one-timer is coming from, you know, let's say it's Chikrin on the second unit on that one-timer side, or Kubali, because he loves firing the one-timers. And then these rebounds are created out front. I want him, I don't need him to stand in front of that. Brady's probably going to do that for a minute and a half on the power play. Mm-hmm. I like Pinto down low on the second unit. So maybe that's the bumper, but the guy who's right in the middle of the ice, just kind of floating out front. That's where I want Tarasenko. And, and big body, too. So if you got him floating in front, that makes things difficult for the goaltender uh, looking around that screen. Yeah, moving screens as well. I just see Tarasenko as kind of a, you know, jack of all trades in terms of where he can fit in into the power play, which was so lethal last year. And now you're just hoping that with Norris coming back and with Tarasenko being added here, that you're going to more than make up for Alex DeBrinkett's posting out and uh, miss nets and all that that we saw a ton last year. But Tarasenko, man, this is going to be an interesting year for Vladdy. Like, we did our draft in the Ring of Honor. You can catch on YouTube uh, and go back and check out our top free agents. But, man, he made the list. Like, this is a big dog who's choosing Ottawa. Yeah, he, he was one of my top picks. I think he was my second pick, honestly. So uh, I, I'm honestly really excited they got Tarasenko. Like, I was ready to roll into the season as Kubalik and Norris being the goal replacement for Alex Dabrinkin. So adding a guy like Tarasenko was just the, um, the icing on top of the cake. And funny enough, there's a roundabout way that Tarasenko is actually yeah. home. 
We'll end it off with this talking Tarasenko, but I love this because it happened while I was at prom. It was my that's how <laughs> that's how far back we have to go. I was at the uh, the war museum uh, having my prom, and uh, I get a notification. Probably not even a notification. It was probably like a TSN no. text alert back in the day. But where it was at the draft, the Ottawa Senators trading their first round pick, 16th overall, for the 16th overall pick from last year, David Runblad at the time, and then St. Louis goes up and selects. Vladimir Tarasenko. Hilarious how it all worked out. Welcome home, Vladdy. Welcome home. <laughs> Vladimir Tarasenko makes his debut on the organizational value rankings at number nine. All right, coming up, we've got two players and we put up a poll. It got contentious on Twitter at Send Central. Who are they? That's next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. All right, welcome back, Locked On Senators. Hockey is so back. So back. The Senators are participating in the media tour. Of course, Tim Stutzla and Eric Brandstrom were over in Stockholm a couple weeks ago. And now the NHL stars are in Vegas. Brady Kachuk representing the Senators. Not sure if you knew this, but his brother plays in the NHL. Matthew Kachuk, a video coming out of them playing NHL together. Hilsey and I might be doing some NHL in a little while. Stay yeah. tuned. Twitch coming soon. The Patreon's doing great. Appreciate everyone. Yesterday, there are still a few spots left for the Fantasy Hockey League, exclusive to Patreon members. You can go find that on our link tree through Twitter at Send Central or go straight to Patreon, Send Central there. Appreciate everyone for um, for getting involved. It's going to be a fun fun uh, fantasy hockey. The only problem oh, yeah. is that Pilsy's actually really good at fantasy hockey, a lot better than he is at Ring of Honors. Hey, I'm the reigning champ of Ring of Honor, so you watch your tone. You forget how many, yourself. How many wins do you have in Ring of Honors? Number one. One. Yeah, the number one win in our most contentious Ring of Honor ever. I have the win, and I'm the reigning champion. Is that why we didn't do one last week? You wanted an extra week? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to keep the parade going here. Uh, the, speaking of uh, the Twitch, though, I am very new to Twitch. I don't know much about Twitch, so if people have advice or uh, suggestions for us in that regard – well, let me know. I'm I'm open to learning more about this because, yeah, I do want to start doing some child Twitch streaming and maybe even some not non-sports stuff because uh, I'm a big gamer these days, so I'm fired up about that. I, th- I think what I want to contribute, I want to do a Sens franchise mode where the fans make the <laughs> trades, make everything, but we only play one, like whatever the day of the year it is, we play it in real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Ross is obsessed with franchise mode it's oh, yeah. uh, i thought i was obsessed ross gets the franchise mode going but no no none of your sneaky little preseason adjustments uh yeah fudging the numbers like you like to do or forcing the Habs to trade all their good players away and things like that i mean I not, not many it. players left yeah what do you mean good players <laughs> For, forcing the Habs to extend gallagher again and jack i get that guy an eight-year deal yeah oh boy Coming in at number eight on our organizational value rankings. He's been on this list since we began it. He's made his move up, and now he's actually back where he started back in 2020. At number eight, it's Drake Batherson. Yeah, Drake Batherson had an interesting season last year. I mean, if if you look at just the numbers, you'd be like, oh, that's a good season, career, career high for Drake Batherson. But... 
Then you start looking at the numbers more, particularly the plus minus and just the ups and downs of the season he had. And I, I think he would tell you it was it was a decent season overall, but there's a lot of things he wanted to improve on. And unfortunately, we talk about pairs on this roster, Ross, without Josh Norris there. DeBrinken and Batherson were kind of essentially a pair on that line, but that was a pair that just did not work. I, I had higher expectations, but I don't want to start this off negatively about Drake, but I think the big thing is, and we talked about this in a lot of uh, postcast, Ross, is Drake Batherson didn't have that defensive acumen that he used to be known for and that we used to really pump up about him. Like he used to have a little bit of Mark Stone in him where he was able to strip pucks, use his big frame to play a better defensive game. But I don't know if it was just playing with Alex Dabrinkit and he felt kind of forced to ramp up the offense to get this sniper, the puck, and try to score goals and just focus on that. I don't know if that got into his head or just without having a stable, true number two centerman, he wasn't able to perform the way he would have liked to. But the thing with Drake Batherson this season is I want to see a much better defensive two-way game from him. Yes, so do I. And this guy brought it at junior level, at world juniors. Like he was known as a two way center, two way winger, rather. I played center in junior, but he's a winger. Don't don't tell. We're talking about EA Sports. They still haven't figured it out. They keep having him listed at center every year. Every year. They better fix that this year. Right winger. Drake Batherson. And and what I love about Drake is his hands. I mean, that's that's his number one attribute. This guy can dangle in a phone booth. And and uh, what what I love, too, I was watching some clips about him. Shout out to Youngo on YouTube. He posts these clips of all the season. I forgot about this. In the best Tuesday of your life, the home opener, you know, he scored to make it 3 nothing, And it was disallowed due to goal interference. And then he scored one minute later. And he did the the point, like, that's a goal. Yeah, I, I do remember that actually because because we had a lot of fun doing the the, the yeah. goal sign in the crowd. Yeah, so I mean, just the swagger that he brings, and if he could figure out the defensive side of the game again, rediscover it. I want to say that's the thing. Get back to it. Yeah, exactly. He was so good defensively, and he's actually the first interview we ever did on making sense of the ends, and it came up recently. I actually have it. We are so awful, you and I. Like, we are so bad in that interview. So I'm hesitant. Oh, no. Maybe for our thousandth episode, I'll put it in that and uh, and have it as, like, hey, look how far we've come. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was going to say, here, we've done a thousand episodes. Look how bad we used to be. Yeah, pretty much. But, hey, with Drake Batherson, let's get to his stats from last year. 82 games. Great to see him play a full 82 games after that clown Aaron Dell took him out for the second half of that year with clown. that high, high ankle sprain. Absolute clown. A disgrace to the University of North Dakota. Let's put mm, it down. Aaron. Yep. 22 goals for Drake Batherson. 40 assists, good for 62 points, 33 penalty minutes, and colder than the average temperature where Vladimir Tarasenko is from. That's a Siberia minus 35 right there. Drake Batherson has four years left at a shade under $5 million per season. Thanks, Kent Hughes. $4.975 million, the AAV there. And I put the note at the bottom here, led the Sens in power play goals at 14, three more than both Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla, who were tied for 11. Actually had 14 of his 22 goals on the power play, Pilsy, which math guy, only eight goals at even strength. I think that needs to be pumped up a little bit next year. Those are the Brinkett numbers. Yeah, well, and that's just the thing, Ross, is Dabrinkit and Batherson were so, so, so bad, even strength. Like, like so bad that two offensive guys that got plus 60 points were a liability on even strength. So 
that's really got to change. I'm hoping that having Claude Giroux on that line and Josh Norris, you get a little bit more defensive responsibility there and a little more accountability, and that should really help. But overall, if Drake Batherson can have this type of season numbers-wise offensively and just improve on a minus 35 and uh, be better even strength, I think that's that's right around what I want from him. I just want it to be that what he gives in the offensive zone, he doesn't take back yeah. in the defensive zone. Yeah. And I think he's got it in him. Definitely. This could be... We've like, seen it. The next guy we're going to get to is the real X factor. We already discussed it earlier. No spoilers. But the two of them together, Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, can make or break the Senators' season. Because we know what we're going to get from Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutz, like Claude Giroux. Like, whether they're on the same line or not. You know what you're going to get from them. Tarasenko, I think you got a pretty good idea of what he's going to bring. But these two, in particular, Drake's defensive zone and Norris's injuries, those are two X factors that I really need to see before I can believe it. But, man, when Drake Batherson's on his game, like he might have the most highlight reel goals on the Ottawa Senators. Like That goal against Washington where he went all around the world and then just pulled it up over, I think that was not this year but last year. Yeah, like, He was an all-star for a reason before Aaron Dell derailed the season. Or he was the guy that had that uh, highlight reel overtime winner against Jersey when when we were there, right? Or was that Timmy? No, it was Timmy had four points that night, but it was Drake in overtime. Yeah, and that goal is incredible. And we talk about pairs on this roster, Ross. Josh Norris and Drake Batherson is a pair that has worked consistently over time in history. They were an absolute dominant pair in Belleville. And then they come up to the NHL, Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, and Drake Batherson were one of the youngest top lines in the league, and they excelled. So I don't see any reason why putting Claude Giroux on that line with those two guys wouldn't do just as good, if not better. So I'm really excited for this second line. I think if if everybody can stay healthy, this top six, oh man, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm super excited to see what Drake Batherson can bring at the defensive side of his game. He came in at number eight in 2020. He moved up to six in each of the last two years. And now he's down two spots, which I think more so speaks to the talent that's been added yes. in front of him. Definitely. But it's still pretty, th- there's room for him to be even higher on this list, especially with the contract at under $5 million for four more years. But we need to see it on the defensive side of the puck. I'm not asking him to be a PK guy. No. But let's just see. At five on five, both ends of the ice coming into next season. I think he can do it. That's why Drake Batherson comes in at number eight on our organizational value rankings. All right, coming in at number seven on our 2023 organizational value rankings, down two spots, just like Drake Batherson, but coming in at number seven, it's Josh Norris. Yeah, this is a big X factor, like you talked about. I think Josh Norris and Corpusalo are kind of similar weights as far as X factor goes to the success of this uh, team this season. And we've, we've already kind of hashed a lot of Josh Norris uh, throughout this episode, but again, I'll, I'll repeat it is the goal scoring ability that this guy has. Ross and I got front row seats to see that in Belleville His one timer from the, from his office on the power play is up among the best in the league, honestly. And I really think that if we can get a healthy season of Josh Norris and then pair him with Drake Batson and have a veteran guy like Claude Giroux on the left flank there, this can be an incredible second line. Now, Josh Norris, this guy's more than a one-timer. 
Like that's yeah, he's obviously a one-timer threat. 35 goals in his uh in his full first full season with the Ottawa Senators. Of course, the 56 game season I guess was full, but it was also a 56 game season <laughs> where he was able to play 66 games and man, he is so dynamic offensively. He brings great agility. His playmaking I think is underappreciated and it's it's tough, right? The eight games we mentioned, two of them being injury filled games where he didn't even play. So six full games, had one goal, three assists, six points, six or sorry, four points, six penalty minutes and was a minus 1 was minus three in the first game of the year, though, against the Buffalo Sabres. But that's seven years, $7.95 million left on his, on his deal. Like, you need that version of Josh Norris back. And if not, a step up. He's 24 years old now, 6'2", 195. And I really think that this year and next year are critical years for Josh Norris. We know how well-liked he is on the team. We know that he was able to wear a letter, like you saw in that photo we pulled up. Like, same with Drake Batherson, though. Like, these are the core pieces that they've paid, they've committed to long-term. And then it's like, okay, where's the next step in their development? You mentioned the the amazing play that Josh Norris had in Belleville. AHL Rookie of the Year was a first-round pick. Great uh, piece of the World Junior team before the injury ended his season at Michigan. But, like, I, I don't know outside of health what to say I need to see more from him. I just think consistency is going to breed the ability that we've seen already. Great in the face-off circle, great defensively, can match up, never gets beat one-on-one in terms of a center matchup. He's great defensively from that standpoint. He also has a booming one-timer, good vision as a playmaker. Like He's got everything that you want in like a five-tool type player, but it's just, can he stay healthy? It's, it's an age-old question. It's probably cliche because you could say that about any player, yeah. but with his injury history, like, he, he has to prove it before people will, will believe in it. Yeah, definitely. And the thing, like, I love this line, and, and maybe people are sick of hearing me say it, but there's just something about a guy that can just skate skate the puck into the offensive zone, be at the hash marks, and just r- rip a wrist or top cheese on a goalie, and you got a goal like that. And Josh Nurse is one of those guys where – he can make something out of nothing. Like it's literally like guys are changing behind him. It's like him up against the two defensemen. He's like, I'm not going to try to drive inside. I'm not going to deke through a guy. I'm just going to find a lane and rip it and beat the goalie clean. And he has a shot that can do that. There's so much value there in my opinion. And speaking of value, like the Ottawa Senators essentially gave Josh Norris this contract under the assumption that he would or could be their number one center because they gave him this deal when Timmy was still playing on the wing, right? And there wasn't really sure, like, can Timmy properly um, go from winger to center? Uh, when are we going to do that? Is he going to be better on the wing or center? Well, now we know he's Tim Stutzler is this team's number one center. I, I don't think that's up for debate. But having your top two centermen, one making just under eight million and one making over eight million. It's a lot better than having your top two centermen uh, making, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a random number out here, 11 million each. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take uh, these contracts for sure. So I think that's where the auto centers have done well is they've had opportunities to kind of really structure this cap. And if everybody falls into their place roster-wise, I like it. I like so it a lot. It, this is a situation, I know that you've mentioned Claude Giroux being the guy who you'd move over and play uh, with Norris at left wing. I mm-hmm. mean, Batherson also offered, but you want that to be a line starting training camp with Norris, Giroux, Batherson. Yep, that's your second line in my opinion. If that's not clicking, but the first line is Stutzla, Kachuk, Tarasenko, 
Who's the first person you'd move up to play on that second line? I mean, it's, it's going to be Kubalik uh, for sure. I think that's the guy that you would do that with. But because Joseph, Joseph and Norris, if Joseph's still here, had that great end of the yep. run with Brady as, as their winger as well at the end of the 21 22 season. Yeah, exactly. There's so many hypotheticals with Pinto not signed and uh, money possibly probably being moved. But yeah, I would honestly flip Batherson and and uh, Joseph. I, I think obviously I don't want Batherson playing on that third line, but man, Batherson on the third line could eat up other teams' bottom sixes, and I think he could have success there uh, if there's a certain centerman playing there that can help him out. So I, I, it's all going to come down to what happens with Pinto, but if that I would. I have a hard time, Ross, seeing that top six not not click the way we've got it. Uh, Brady, Timmy, Tarasenko, and then Giroux, Norris, Batherson. Like, man, there's just so many different skill skill positions there, and everybody has their own attributes that they bring to the table. And I just, I really see it meshing really well. Now, you can rewind to last season and us saying Alex DeBrinca, Tim Stutzla, and. Um, Claude Giroux were going to be that pair that they're that trio that would ma- mesh perfectly together. And we, we didn't even get to see that hardly right. at all. So we'll see how it goes, I guess. What would it take for you to put back the kid line, the, the old kid line with Josh Norris, Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson? It, it would take Tarasenko not working on that line with uh, Brady and Timmy. I think that's, you don't like, you don't like the, the potential of a Timmy Giroux Tarasenko line. No, I, de- I definitely do like that as a potential. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that. I like if, yeah. if it. Yeah, I don't mind that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you know it's tried and tested that Norris and Brady were attached at the hip for so long, and Drake was awesome on that line, and Drake was playing defensively on that line. Now, if Drake can't yeah. step up defensively, we know that's probably not going to be the, the shining light of Brady Kachuk's game defensively. So you want to have a bit of protection there. No. Not that Tarasenko is known as a defensive stalwart himself, but I do think that they, they're just so elite offensively. You just kind of yeah. want to You know what? Actually, Ross, I'll be honest. I hadn't even really thought of that because all my line uh, projections had been with Giroux not playing on the left wing. So right. I hadn't fully thought of that. And you know what? That That's a great plan B, and I'm I'm down for that. Yeah, exactly. Really interesting to see what DJ does, and especially if and when – Shane Pinto gets back in the mix and what needs to happen for that. There's plenty more to get into, but when it comes to number seven on our organizational value rankings, it's Josh Norris, who was ninth in 2020, then fifth in 2021 Mm. and 2022, and then seventh now in 2023. So funny to see like Drake Batherson was one spot ahead of Norris in 2020. Then Drake moved one spot below Norris the last two years and now stays one spot below now seven and eight. But those two attached at the hip in our organizational value rankings and attached at the wing potentially for those two with Norris as Drake center for the years to come. But Josh Norris comes in at number seven on our organizational value rankings. All right, Pilsy. So we're, we're down to the top six, man. Ooh. We got three more on Wednesday. We've got the final three on Thursday. And then on Friday, it's three players to watch for, for the rookie tournament. Now, tomorrow's episode will come out around one, two o'clock, typical locked on senators time drops. But on Friday, we're scheduling that baby for 6 a.m. Because we want you guys to have the three players to watch well in time for the fact the senators are on the ice at 1230 12.30 
I'm going to be on a plane. I I almost scheduled the plane kind of on purpose. It's a two hour flight, 1230, get the Wi-Fi on there and I'll be able to follow along with Pillsy and all the fellas. Um, Maybe bonus content. If something crazy happens on the weekend, maybe Pillsy will hop on. I'm, I'm having one last, we'll call it a wife weekend uh, before the senators start taking over the life once again. But uh, I'm going to try to be off my phone a fair bit this weekend, but all week long here, locked on senators, we are dialed in. I just can't wait for this roster to come out. Pillsy, you think there's going to be any surprises on, on the rookie tournament roster? I. Uh- I don't think so, but I hope so. Just it, I like surprises; they're fun. Yeah, like uh, I can't even think of one, but I, I just know that they they do have Colin McKenzie, one of the goalies for sixty sevens, is going to be there. Like I, I don't know, like Levy will probably be there as the goalie. You probably want to get one or two games from Levy, but I mean the other guys have graduated. Like we're not going to see Mads there. We're not going to see Mando there. Uh, no. I don't even think we're going to see like Ridley. Greg's not going to be there. No. Roby Roby wasn't even there last year. No. I mean, he already played two years of the AHL, right? So it'll be interesting to see because, like, Buffalo, New Jersey, these are, like, the top They're stacked, pools, yeah. Right? It's like what Ottawa was two years ago when they had everybody going. But uh, it'll be extremely interesting to see what happens and who's going to rest Monday because I don't need I don't need the Habs to go out there headhunting. I really don't. We don't need Angus, a guy like Angus to be, you know, out with a, with a knee injury for the rest of the year or that Massacot who got conked as, as a – a professional tryout like just stay healthy get through it get to the golf tournament next tuesday and then senators training camp opens with physicals a week tomorrow Pillsy, any final thoughts on today's show i'm gonna keep with my recurring theme of uh, final thoughts we've had a nice boost in merch sales recently so thank you to everyone that's uh buying our merch we really appreciate it uh, honestly like our our merch is comfy stuff it looks good decently priced in my opinion and we love seeing people rep the send central uh citizen shirts and any send central merch if you bought merch take a picture wearing it and tag us we like that that makes me smile so much seeing people fired up about getting that in the mail and putting on their uh send central merch so keep keep on keeping on guys well said pilsy and we are heading in to season five the unofficial start to season five is Friday is three players to watch at the rookie tournament. And then we get into training camp. It's year five of locked on senators. Be a friend, tell a friend. We are the people's pod. You can subscribe on YouTube goes a long way. Leave a comment below that also helps and leave a review on Apple or Spotify. You can put those at the bottom. If you scroll down it, a, it helps pump the, it helps pump the uh, overall view of the podcast and it's uh, it's visibility as spanning across hockey because we want we want the smoke from other teams when they, they when they play the senators we want it let's get back to the zoob comments on uh, on apple podcast that was a good one like if if you don't want to d- think too much about what to review just put zoob with as many u's as you can fit in the character count five stars though yes five stars yes. five stars all right for today we say goodbye for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast it's your team every day.